I believe that as we evolve to the next version of digital transformation, it is going to be about helping stakeholders make better decisions. Inspired Execution, hosted by Datastax Chairman and CEO Chet Kapoor, follows the journeys of leaders from the world's largest enterprises and fastest-growing startups. Joining the podcast today are Anand Deshpande and Sandeep Kalra. Anand started Persistent Systems, a global enterprise focused on engineering and modernization, more than 30 years ago. You'll hear his take on Digital Transformation 2.0, the one question you should ask to get the most out of your data, and the top three things entrepreneurs need to get a business off the ground. Sandeep has spent his whole career in the software industry and became CEO at Persistent during the pandemic. He shares the lessons he's learned while leading through a crisis and the best practices for inspiring people on the road to transformation. Anand, you founded Persistent over 30 years ago. Um, Why did you decide to start the company? So first, of course, you know, all of us who come from India, we always had this thought at that time, at least in the 90s. A bunch of things happened around that time. I don't know if you know, but N. Vithal was the secretary DOE. He came over to the Bay Area. They set up these software technology park schemes. They invited people to say, hey, we are interested in doing something more in software and we want people from the Bay Area to come back. And it just felt right in my timing. I was thinking about what next. And it just made sense to come back to India and do something from here. Before I got back, I started Persistent and I sort of knew I was doing this. And I was able to connect with potential customers and I had a business opportunity to do the work from India while uh, there was a customer who had already committed to giving me the work from the US. So I already had a business going when I went back. So that was much easier to sort of get that going at that time. It's been awesome. Anand, you've, uh, what you've accomplished having, you know, uh, being a deep computer scientist and what you've done with Persistent is absolutely amazing. You've done something very interesting recently as well. You run a nonprofit with your family the Diazra Foundation, and the mission is to uh, power mass entrepreneurship across the world. What inspired you to start this organization? Right. So again, one of those things, right, you have this thing that you should earn, uh, sort of learn, earn and return. And it was always something philanthropic, something that would be a mission that could last for a long time. And from where I'm sitting here, job creation is one of our biggest challenges. So if you think about it in India right now, we have more than 25 million people at every age in India. So we really need 18 million jobs. And most of those cannot happen through government or large companies. It is important that everyone sort of finds a way to or we make it so much easier for individuals to become self-employed and entrepreneurs that it just made sense to go ahead and do something in this field. So I started about six years back and uh, we've been pushing this whole mission of trying to get individuals to become self-employed entrepreneurs. And uh, it's gone well. We are now at 125,000 businesses that we have supported or encouraged or helped in some form or the other. And we have templatized everything that a small business would need. There's no reason why everyone needs to reinvent the wheel in some sense. So that's the mission. You're not going to get better or be more successful because you do accounting better than somebody else, right? If you have a template, just use it. As you look at the 125,000 businesses that you've somehow worked with, is there any specific quality that stands out from somebody who is a job seeker for them to become a job creator? Uh, Yeah, see, actually in India, it's kind of very strange. People who don't get jobs actually go and start businesses. 
So it's not like by choice. Most people end up being uh, job creators without necessarily. If somebody could get a government job in the group that we deal with, they would take it any day. But, you know, not everybody was going to get one. So they end up starting something. Now, when you start something in India, there are so many ways you can fail that it is not funny at all. So the idea was that there are so many potholes in the road as you do your own startup. So if you land into a pothole, we'll have something for you to help you get out of it. So that's really how we think about it. And the three most important things that we find people are looking for right now is one of them is, of course, getting loans, funding of some sort. Money lenders lend at about 18 to 24% interest rate, which is certainly not viable for these businesses. They need uh, organized credit, and that is not easy to get in in India. Lately, digital marketing, how do I get online, how do I sell online has become a big issue as well. And of course, every time you want to, how do you sell and get customers is always the key requirement for any small business, for that matter, any business. And these things don't change. Sandeep, you've spent 14 years at HCL, which is a massive IT services organization, been doing it for a long time. You've been CEO of Persistent for two years. You know, you became the CEO in the middle of a pandemic or just before it. What is the one thing that you've learned personally and professionally during these times? Pandemic times, you know, being a CEO is an interesting thing. It was a very interesting learning. The good part for me was I'd been at Persistent for a little while before becoming the CEO. So I knew the team and, you know, that kind of helped navigating the pandemic, which was like navigating in absolute uncharted waters. Now, one of the most important things that I learned through this journey in the pandemic time was the resilience of the human race and the ability to reinvent, you know, in these challenging times. This applies to both the personal and professional side. On one side, you know, each one of us was restricted to home, worried about family, extended family and the likes. On the other side, it was about, you know, keeping the business running, knowing the team deeper, you know, knowing the customers, engaging the customers, partners such as yourselves and our global workforce in these most uncertain of times. You know, empathy found a very new meaning, you know, a real meaning with the pandemic waves, you know, coming through first the US, then India and, you know, the second wave in India and the so, you know, the likes. It was very humbling to see the team members struggle deal with significant you know adversity yet very passionately work together and keep the business humming deliver seamlessly to the customers on all the commitments all in all you know this was a time where one learned to unlearn the traditional ways of looking at life and work and discover the new so it was very interesting you know navigating through this anand the question for you you've been in the data space for a long time i think you would agree that Enterprises have gone through the transformation journey. They started with, you know, let's go off and do mobile apps. Then they went off and said cloud. And I think the next thing is data modernization, right? And and all this, obviously, with the desire to reduce TCO, but also to actually get agility. A, what are your thoughts on the progression that people have gone through, enterprises have gone through? You've seen a lot through the years. And the second thing is, what is exciting for you in the data space at large? So, you know, um, as you have all observed that people have been converting this whole data space as sort of being broader into what is being referred to as digital transformation. So let's say we call it that. And then uh, digital transformation 1.0, as I call it, has been about providing better experience to stakeholders, employees, customers, everyone else. So the purpose of uh, data aggregation or bringing all the data together 
So all the Hadoop and everything else that we did, all the analytics has been about trying to provide better experience to stakeholders and users. I believe that as we evolve to the next version of digital transformation, it is going to be about helping stakeholders make better decisions. And that is a fundamental difference in terms of where I see looking forward as compared to what has been in the past. I think uh, experience itself is not enough. People are looking for ways to say that, how do you make my job easier? How does every individual who is touching these systems is looking for getting things done more effectively and more efficiently? So this whole concept of you know dashboards or seeing lots of charts and all, is kind of not becoming relevant anymore. People are more interested in saying, I have a decision to make. I have three choices. Tell me what the scenarios are and help me make a decision so that I can get work done faster and better. So the human in the loop is starting to become very important. We are asking very different kinds of questions rather than just saying, show me the data. And that is going to have long-term implications on how things are uh, going to come in from data to AI to machine learning because the purpose for why you would do machine learning is coming, is evolving at this moment. And I think one other important thing that I've been dabbling around or thinking a lot about is this whole concept of how do I represent what I want, right? So if I want a better decision, I should be able to articulate what that means. And I think that is a gap at the moment. And once we get to that point where we are able to articulate clearly what we are looking for, then uh, getting the systems to respond to that would be a lot easier. Beautiful articulation of uh, of the different phases of uh, digital transformation. As you interact with your colleagues in the industry, do you think most global 2000 companies get that, you know, it was first about experiences and now it's about decision making? Do you think they're thinking of it that way? Are they manifesting it that way? I think they're starting to, but I think we are still a long way to go. See, it's very hard to ask the right question, actually speaking. And... Um, uh, the problem is that the data strategy for the last, say, 10 years has been, let's make all the data available, let it be there, and then we'll just put it all together, we'll have a warehouse, and we'll put all kinds of reports off of it. We will build, a, you know, whatever, Hadoop-based, uh, multi-dimensional, multi-modal, whatever, you know, so everything was getting collected, but there wasn't enough done about how, what is the best way to consume it? So the easy thing was, okay, I'm going to show you a dashboard. I'll show you all possible things. I'll give you 200 knobs. You can keep adjusting them. But, you know, as you get to a point where you want to use the data, this sort of becomes not very valuable. So the question you want to ask is, what do I do next, right? I'll give you an example of what I mean by this. Um, so, you know, we run about a software company with more than 1,500 to 2,000 different projects at the same time. So we have uh, been collecting data about all kinds of things that happens in terms of the artifacts of who's been adding what code, uh, what happened to various things, and a whole bunch of data sets have been collected. The question, uh, and then we have also had dashboards that say what percentage of the projects are in red or in green or whatever else. And you, if you go through these CMM process type guys, they'll give you hundreds of charts, and we have all of them. Unfortunately, that doesn't help any customer. So the question I've been trying to ask our team internally is, can you tell me which projects are going to be in trouble two weeks from now, right? Now, when you ask that question to say, okay, don't tell me everything else, just tell me those projects which are going to be in trouble two weeks from now and tell me why they are in trouble and what can I do about it. Then your sort of thinking completely changes. And we found that the data we were collecting was not entirely valuable to answer these questions. And some of these questions had fairly simplistic data sets that were capable of answering that question, 
as to why this project is going to go late because you know one easy thing that we did just for an example was we started to get people to monitor who's staying late at night and working crazy hours so the project is going to get into trouble two weeks from now engineers tend to work harder and that's easier to measure than the artifacts that they are producing it is not big data it is lean data and it is lean real-time data because the one thing that we're finding as we have these conversations these dashboards are interesting to some business analysts, but the speed at which people are making decisions, whether it's consumers or people who are serving the consumers, it needs to be near real time, right? And so you have to make some of these things happen as close to the decision point as possible with the relevant data. And it's not going to come by 30 knobs, right? Or 30 variables. It's going to come by the three things that matter, as an example. Exactly. And I'd add one more thing in this. So I find that uh, we are moving to lower aperture on the interfaces and devices. So you can think of things like uh, an Alexa or uh, you're talking to your device or you're driving in and driving out and you're talking to your car. The point is, I want to know what should I do next, right? That's the question I want to ask, not necessarily look at a chart and make a decision. So when you're asking these questions, which are being asked or responded through your watch or some low aperture device, the data systems need to be far more evolved to be able to provide you what you're looking for at the right time for the right person. And that's the personalization and all that. And that's where I think AI and machine learning is going to play a big role in how data is going to get consumed. And I'm pretty excited about what I see right now in terms of what is possible. There is a lot happening. And I think this is a really good area to work, work in and do research as well. And you guys are very much in the thick of it. Man. I think you have the storage and the data sets and everything else. And as people start to consume the data for getting insights, uh, the platforms that you provide become very critical for getting this to happen. We continue to partition the world between the deep lane and the fast lane, and we are super excited. And that's where this lean, real-time stuff comes from. Not to say that it replaces everything that happens in the deep lane with the Hadoops and the warehouses and all that, but Everyone that we talk to says, that's great, but, you know, can, can I put some models that JavaScript people can use for apps, right? And so anybody that thinks that, you know, a lot's happening on technology now hasn't, um, hasn't taken a step back and seen what could happen. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. So Sandeep, we can keep geeking out about technology and we can talk about the fast lane, the deep lane. We can talk about experiences, decision making. But as you talk to CIOs and you spend a lot of time talking to CIOs, real acceleration for anyone you know within an enterprise that they lead comes from people right changing cultures and inspiring them through the transformation what are some best practices that you've seen the ones that you say wow these people did it right right what are the two or three things that really successful companies are doing correctly from a people culture point of view so jet i'll take our own example because you know you have to eat your own philosophies your own dog food if you may say so so in the last two and a half years that you know we have uh, seen in my time at persistent you know we have taken our own company in good times and in pandemic times and accelerated the growth we have built on the strong employee culture and customer centricity that anand has established over the last 30 years we have taken our people aligned their passion to a common set of goals. So we have a rallying cry in the company towards a common set of goals. We have clearly communicated the expectations from various stakeholders. We have created connectedness across different parts of the organization, not only internally, but with external partners such as yourselves. We have defined and measured what matters 
and we have rewarded the right behaviors in line with what we want you know our organization to look like feel like behave like on a day to day basis while doing this we have led from the front we've absolutely been by the team side supporting them both professionally and personally in pandemic times if you look at our own results you know we have delivered industry leading performance we are today the fastest growing company in our sector on revenue terms and even on the profitability terms we have transformed a lot and all of this has been you know what we preach to our customers as well so when we go to a cio organization we basically you know work alongside them we try and understand on one side you know their culture on the other side what they are trying to do with their customers how can we help them become more effective in you know solving business problems and then converting that into you know how technology can enable all of that whether those business problems are internal facing or revenue bearing you know external facing so all of those are the kind of things that we do both internally and externally that is really 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 well put um i think um if you're a user you will just be more passionate about what you're building the best uh products and services are delivered by people who are trying to solve problems for themselves so that was very well articulated thank you sandeep who inspires you see in my professional journey i worked with many great leaders you know whether it was in my earlier years at hcl or my years at harman and now at persistent i work very closely with anand but i'll say the two folks who inspire me the most are my parents and the reason being you know they were a part of the erstwhile you know independent india that what is now pakistan side of it when they moved over at the time of partition they, they had a very humble beginning and they brought us as kids they taught us the core values they shaped me as the person who i am they invested in our education and so on and so whatever you know i have achieved or my siblings have achieved is a lot of credit goes to them so they are the people that inspire me the most and outside of that you know there are obviously many business leaders that i have kind of learned from and who have shaped me and including anand who's on the call Anand, who inspires you? Actually, I have been inspired by my father. Right? I don't know if you've ever met him, but he uh, used to work for me. Actually, he worked with me at Persistent for twenty-five years. So I had the, you know, kind of a very interesting experience of being at home with him, where he's the father and decides what happens, and at work I'm his boss. But uh, you know, it was, but he's extremely intense, uh, very. Uh, principled in many ways and uh, he's he's sort of one of those who would who would not let anything uh, just go by so he sort of if it has to be done it has to be done right and it has to be done well so that's something that he has always been and he has inspired all of us to do that so whether it is simple things you know uh, he's just so organized that makes it pretty hard to keep pace but it keeps your you know antennas clear and you know exactly where you are headed and your moral compass is clean because of how you how he has always worked that's a great response by the way for both of you and uh for all of us who have their parents as their role models we can only hope that you know our kids can at least have one tenth of the same regard that we have for our parents that they have for us so i don't know how it will work out but you know just a tenth will be fine <laughs> we'll have to do something to make that happen for them right i know it's just as much our responsibility fine. don't leave it to your kids chat i know <laughs> it's our know. responsibility to be that for them and i'm i'm sure they will uh, look at it that way i find our kids are like, equally inspiring i find i'm very inspired by uh, interacting with our kids is always um, you know you get to learn a lot of new things so the new generation i'm 
very optimistic about. Certainly a lot of great music, that's for sure. Sandeep and Anand, here's a question for each of you. What's something that each of you has learned from each other? Okay, let me go first. Uh, you know, so Sandeep is, uh, I like his intensity and his passion and his hardworking capacity. And uh, he has uh, demonstrated how to get people to move, um, you know, at all levels. So I've been very impressed by that. I must say, I didn't know Sandeep before he joined Persistent. So I only got to know him after he joined Persistent. But, uh, you know, I have learned a lot in the last two years. So from my perspective, Chet, I I did not know Anand. I knew of Anand. Obviously, because, you know, Persistent has been a very strong name in the industry, you know, and I used to work for FCL, as you rightly mentioned. So I would look at, you know, Persistent as a company that was growing very well, a small company that came out of, you know, nowhere. And in 10 years, you know, the way I was watching the revenues, the positioning, many good things and so on. So I had followed Anand without Anand knowing that I knew Anand from that perspective. Now, what I've learned from Anand in the last two and a half years of working together, the corporate governance is the best part. You know, obviously there are many, many things to learn from Anand, but the way Anand has set up the corporate governance, the, the independence of the board, the integrity, the accountability, the transparency in the organization, there's a lot of things to be learned. And you should see him run a board meeting, you know, right from an executive summary to the way the nine yards of the board meeting are run very, very efficiently. There's a lot to be learned from that. So that's my biggest learning among many others that, you know, I've had working with him over the last two and a half years. The next set of questions are rapid fire, quick response questions. So I'm going to start with you, Anand. What new technology or technologies are you most excited about? I've been uh, trying to figure out more about programming cells, so synthetic biology. So I'm really excited about what is going to happen in biology in the next few years. And uh, that's something I've been, uh, I've been reading at the moment. Sandeep, what are you reading or listening to right now? Two things. One is purpose-driven organizations. Second is the workplace of the future because the number of these things are evolving with this pandemic times. So pretty interesting areas. Yeah, for sure. The, especially the workplace uh, part, right? It is definitely this, uh, the last 18 months has taught us that it is going to change forever. Anand, what's the one word or phrase that defines a great leader? I think high integrity. Sandeep? Drive, direction, empathy. It takes a lot of drive to keep going. Day after day, you have to be doing things better than what you did yesterday. And you have to be you know, hungry to be able to do that on an ongoing basis. You have to have a navigational compass of where you want to go, where you want to take the team along. And you have to be empathetic and you relate to the people and you know, accommodate different kinds of people with different kinds of needs and motivations and everything else. So long answer, but that's where it is. Gentlemen, this has been a phenomenal. I really appreciate you taking time. I know it's late on in India, and I know it's uh, in the middle of the day here, Sandeep. So thank you very much for, for doing this with us. I certainly had a lot of fun. Thank you. The latest iteration of Digital Transformation is about helping stakeholders make better decisions. To get the most out of your data, ask yourself, what do I want to do next? Inspiring your team starts with aligning people's passions to a common set of goals. When you reach success, always remember to pay it forward. In Anand's words, learn, earn, and return. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Inspired Execution Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. And drop us any questions or feedback at inspiredexecution at datastacks.com.